Welcome to the FDN Thrive Podcast. We interview leaders in the functional health space who bring you the most up-to-date, cutting-edge information for people who have tried it all for their health issues. We hope you enjoy the show. That's when I you know, started my journey. I tried the antibiotics. I tried the conventional route, and that's only got me sicker. I started to take meds for my meds. I was basically bedridden. I was so sick. And at one point, I just looked at my husband. I was just like, I can't do this. I cannot do this. And I was bawling my eyes out. I'm like, this is not living. So that's when I started, you know, looking into the natural route. All right, everyone. Well, welcome back to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. My name is Evan Transu, aka Health Coach Ev, and I will be your host for today's show. We're going to be talking to Carly Herter, and she is someone that I am about to do an interview with on The Real Results Show, which is also a part of Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. So if you're not following us over on Facebook, just go type in Functional Diagnostic Nutrition. That is our page typically for the practitioners and the certification course, but there are still tons of great information and tips coming out there on a daily basis, really. So definitely go give us a like there and check out Carly's interview. But first, before you do that, I'd love for you to listen to this episode with her to learn a little bit more about her. Now, she's a seasoned, board-certified functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner with experience of working with clients all over the world, primarily with late-stage Lyme disease and autoimmunity. Now, this was a very fun episode because I have plenty to learn when it comes to Lyme disease. I'm someone who lives in Pennsylvania, and well, I hop all over the place, but I reside mostly in Pennsylvania, and I remember this past year in 2020. 20 this summer, they had tested ticks in every single county, deer ticks specifically, to see which were carrying Lyme and what percentage were carrying Lyme. The uh, smallest county, percentage-wise, of Lyme-carrying ticks was 25%. So the best county was still one in four. If I'm not mistaken, that actually was my county, ironically, so we got pretty lucky there. But I think the highest county was upwards of like 40-something percent. I don't remember the upper end offhand. This is a crazy thing that is affecting so many people. And just so people know, um, deer ticks are the one that... They're the ones that are most often blamed, but they are not the only animal by any means that can carry Lyme disease. By the way, I think this is really cool. She is a newly published author that just released When Conventional Healthcare Fails You. So I've not had a chance to read that yet, but I'm very excited to dive into it because this seems like a book that is going to be made for everyone that wants to learn about this topic. It's not going to be super scientific. She said herself that that is not the purpose. It is for everyone. So that's called When Conventional Healthcare Fails You. I am so excited to share this interview with you guys. I really enjoyed this one. So without further ado, let's begin. Hey, Carly, thanks so much for being here with us tonight. Thanks, Evan. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Yeah, and I'm super excited. We are recording at 6.30 p.m. on a Friday night. This is what um, we do on our weekends, guys, and I would not rather be doing anything else, to be honest. Super fun. <laughs> um, obviously, by the time you're hearing this, it'll be you know Monday, Wednesday release just as normal, but um, I love that we're kind of doing something you know a little different than what the average person's probably doing, and I think 
there's nothing you and I would probably rather be doing. Maybe a few things, you know, maybe a few. <laughs> um, but still, this is going to be really good. Carly, the way we always start off this podcast is by just getting to know the people who are actually on here a little bit, because I always say this, I'm a broken record. There is no practitioner really that I've ever met in the functional healthcare kind of space that got into it by accident, right? You're not like a six-year-old and mom and dad ask you, what do you want to be? And you're like, ah, oh, I want to be an FDN. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So let's, right. <laughs> let's start off with um, the health issue kind of thing. Like I'm sure you have a health journey yourself. Did that start like as a kid, teenage years, adult years? Um, give us a little insight with that. No, my journey is super unconventional. When I tell my story, a lot of times people are like, what? <laughs> um, so my, my, I was always super healthy. I ran a marathon in 2012. It was my first marathon. I was like the epitome of health. Like I couldn't have been healthier. My body couldn't have been more strong. And then Valentine's Day of 2012, I decided to get Botox injections. Just the minimal dose from a board-certified doctor, and it was the first time I'd ever done it. Get the injections. Three days later, when it starts to set, because it takes a couple days to set in, um, I started to have really severe heart arrhythmia, and I wasn't sleeping, and my stomach was weird, and I started, my head felt like I had a helmet on it, and it was very bizarre, and I kept calling the injecting doctor, something's not right. Like, I don't feel right. Like, I, this has never happened to me before. He's like, you're fine. Take a Xanax. You're probably just panicking yourself. And then that night that I had called him, I went to bed, was awoken every two hours from heart arrhythmia. And I had a hard time swallowing at that point. And I'm like, something's really wrong. And so I go to the hospital and, you know, they do all the steroids, hook me up on all the machines. The doctor, the ER doctor comes in. He's like, yeah, you're having an adverse reaction. It's called iatrogenic botulism, and this is a rarity, but it does happen. And I'm just like, well, what do I do? <laughs> now what? Because he's like, we don't really have you know, any answer to fit. fix it. We can just help make you comfortable. Mm -hmm. And so after four days, they send me home with you know tons of steroids, tons of antibiotics. And um, I go home, and this ep these episodes just keep happening for a whole year. And in this time, I start to, you know, grow these weird autoimmune issues like I never had before, like a lot of stomach upsets, um, migraines, not sleeping well. My weight was just, I, I could not stop losing weight. I just could not keep weight on. And um, which is not my norm because I've, I've always been very fit, but um, muscular and I love to eat. So it was never an issue for me before. I just <laughs> don't we all <laughs> right. So um, that went on. I also was having gastroparesis, was which is like a paralysis of the stomach, um, and so I just, just was like having all these muscle issues all over my body. And so after about a year, that kind of went away. Um, it just like the botulism just went away. It was just bizarre. But I was left with these autoimmune type issues at this point so much to where it was like taking my life over. So this, by this point is 2013 and I'm in my young thirties still. And, um, I should be able to be out and enjoying life. But at this point I'm like super fatigued, sleeping all the time, but can't sleeping all day, but can't sleep at night. And, um, so I start seeing all the doctors, you know, going from special doctor to special doctor, they all just, you know, are throwing antidepressants in my face and there's nothing wrong with you. Your labs look fine. Sorry you had that episode. It's over. You know, your labs are great. And 
I felt sicker than I ever had in my life. I always tell people I was um, the sickest, healthiest person I knew because <laughs> my labs looked fine. Um, yeah. And they just, you know, the typical story, like they're just, you know, wanting to put a bandaid on it, give me, a, you know, an antidepressant or anti-anxiety medicine to send me on my way because they had no other resolution for me. And so that went on for like a whole nother year of me going doctor to doctor to doctor. 2014, I found this amazing doctor that charged me by the minute. I mean, I think I spent on that first appointment, like uh, thousands on whatever he gave me. And then the time I spent with him and all the tests, he was wow. doctor, though. It was some kind of naturopathic doctor that was specialized in, um, um, not so much Lyme, but like autoimmune type issues. And so mm -hmm. he did the gamut on me, did, you know, the big Lyme tests and all the other tests. It turns out I was CDC positive for Lyme and Bartonella and parasites and very- And I'm sorry, not to cut you off, Carly, could you explain just really quick what CDC positive means for people out there? Right. Okay. So Center for Disease Control Positive. So, um, so a lot of the tests that the conventional doctors use, which I was tested from them and I was negative. Um, so they'll run like a Western blot and like some other smaller- um, blood labs to, you know, initially screen you for Lyme disease, but they're not sensitive enough and they only pick up certain strands and they miss close to 70% of cases because of this. Their testing is just not sufficient. And so this doctor ran what's called an Igenics lab. And now at this point, I mean, they, there are a couple other really good, pretty sensitive tests out there that are much more reliable than those other conventional lab tests. So Center for Disease Control Positive, meaning it picked it up. I had levels enough um, that they were able to diagnose me with it. Um, and same thing with the Bartonella, which is a co-infection of, um, of Lyme disease, which is one of the mo more um, aggressive forms of Lyme. It's, it's one of the harder, harder infections to get rid of. Um, and I also had very advanced stage Epstein-Barr virus to the point where he was more concerned about that than the actual Lyme. I had parasites. I had the one parasite in particular, which is Blastocystis hominis, mm -hmm. um, which is typically found with thyroid issues from what I found. I also was hypothyroid. I had H. pylori. I mean, I had the gamut and not one of my other doctors picked any of this up. Um, so... You know, I started, that, that's when I started kind of like, ah, oh, antibiotics, natural, what do I do? So I started, you know, doing all the visits and doing all the research. And at this point, I'm blogging. I'm, you know, blogging about my journey. My first blog was queenofthegreen.net. And so I started blogging about my journey and I started getting in contact with people all over the world, like just sharing my story at this point. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't to, you know, coach anybody or um, I just wanted to connect with other people that were going through these similar situations because it's scary. It's scary. You feel alone and you kind of feel hopeless because these doctors aren't helping you. Um, and there's no sure bullet out of line. Like there is no take a pill or do this and you will be healed. It's a really, you know, comprehensive and just it can be very um, overwhelming to deal with because no two people are exposing the same when it comes with Lyme too. So, um, that's when I, you know, I started my journey. I tried the antibiotics. I tried the conventional route. 
and that's only got me sicker. I started to take meds for my meds. I was basically bedridden. I was so sick. And at one point I just looked at my husband. I was just like, I can't do this. Like I cannot do this. And I was bawling my eyes out. I'm like, this is not living. Um, so that's when I started, you know, looking into the natural route. And that was probably back in, um, 2015 when I was finally cut the cord, my career with conventional medicine doctors and, Mm -hmm. you know, pharmaceuticals. I was just done. I literally ditched them all and was starting from scratch. And that's exactly what I did. I, I really didn't utilize any even more naturopathic doctors at that point. It was more like I was looking at other people's stories and successes and other bloggers that have, you know, been through it. And I started to heavily research herbal medicines. And that is when I did get my certification for holistic um, coaching. And that was awesome. That was back in um, 2014, 2015, where I actually got my, um, my holistic health coaching certification. I loved that. I ate every second of that up, but I hated, um, you know, asking or suggesting my clients that I was working with, you know, go to your doctor and get this lab work done. (laughs) It drove me crazy because it never worked. And then the clients were always just gone at that point, you know? Um, so it was that point that I ended up in Arizona also. Um, it was 2015. I went to Arizona for 30 days for around the clock IV treatment. It was ozone, blood ozone and hydrogen peroxide and high dose vitamin C. And it was grueling and awful to leave my family. I have three small kids and they were very itty bitty at the time. Um, but I did it cause I was desperate and, um, I learned more about the, you know, the natural medicine at that point. And I started to feel pretty good. Once I got home, I was like, wow, I'm feeling much better, but I still wasn't hundred percent. I was like 80% probably. And that's when I was like, I'm not going to invest any more money into doctors. I'm going to go back to school. I'm going to do this FDN thing. And it took me about a year, um, to, to get through the program, um, because I was still a full-time mom and, um, still not feeling 100%. And I've never looked back. So the, yeah, getting my FDN, um, certification kind of filled in all the blanks for me. And I'm so glad that I invested in myself and not invested because not invested in another doctor or like program. Um, cause truly I feel like FDN, the program at FDN kind of encompasses every, everything. There is not one de- doctor that I know of that would have ran all the labs that I run or looked at everything as a whole package, you know, the lifestyle, the, the diet, um, I don't think I've ever had a doctor talk to me about my diet, even on the natural <laughs> side, which yeah. is so sad, yeah. right? Uh, Carly, I think, well, actually, no, I know. The only time that I was ever talked to about diet was when I had this like extreme stomach pain and um, it was believed to be H. pylori. It was actually disconnected. That's a side point. But mm-hmm. nonetheless, you know, I was given a diet for this. Um, margarine was on there. Uh, some kind of cereal. I was like, who? is like, how did these people come up with this list? I wish I, I should have taken a, uh, taken a picture or something like that. I was like, in what planet do, does this act as a treatment for H. pylori 
in any way, shape or form. Oh um, and so that's the only time I was talked to about diet. I also, you know, had a terrible case of cystic acne and you know, dermatologist never mentioned um, food whatsoever. So yeah, I, I very much believe you when you say that you've probably never been talked to once about diet. Uh, most of us aren't. It's un- very unfortunate. It's so unfortunate. And it's so sad because I, I, that's the number one thing. The first thing that I work on with clients is the diet. Let's get that under control. Um, I think it has the most weight to eliminate symptoms, you know, off the bat. So it has to be tackled first as a priority. Um, and I know that in my bones, I saw that with my own journey, I was able to eliminate so many symptoms just with my diet. Um, so it's just wonderful. Yeah, very much agreed. And um, it is cool that we focus on that here. And for those that might be out there listening for the first time, or maybe it's the only time, right? Because you're just following for Carly, that's okay. I always want to specify something because we know this behind the scenes as FDNs, um, or as a community rather. But I want to be very clear that we are, when we say this, not against the doctor (laughs) that did not show us the diet stuff. It's the system. Right, they're not trained to try to heal the body. They're trained to treat a symptom, and that has application sometimes. But for cases like Carthy, um, I don't think that was your main problem, right? So the one thing I want to just rewind just for a second with you had talked about, you know, you finally just had enough and you got into the natural side of things. I am so obsessed with that paradigm shift for people because I want to know how we can replicate it. So. Seriously though, because some people never get there, Carly, and they actually yeah. you know, might even end up passing away from the conditions that they have. Like, what specifically was it that makes you go from all right, you have all this you know stuff going on to like trying something that might be totally one hundred and eighty to what you're used to with the natural side of things? Was there an outside mm-hmm. influence or just an intuition? I mean, what was that? For me, it was I wasn't getting better. I was getting sicker, and they weren't listening to me. And I knew in my bones something was really wrong. And they weren't getting to it and they were just ignoring me. I, I, I just didn't want to sit back and allow this to happen. And I didn't want to be sick anymore. I was willing to do anything. I was willing to spend as much money as I needed to. I, I would have like traveled halfway across the world if I needed to. Mm-hmm. Um, thankfully, there is an alternative to conventional medicine um, if it's not working for you. And I, I do want to backtrack too because I, I – um, I'm not here nor there. I love all forms of healthcare. I have u- utilized antibiotics still um, up to this point, you know, here and there if I needed it. I, you know, we've had broken bones in my house. I've had a burst fallopian tube. I love all forms of healthcare. I don't think, you know, you need to be in one area or the other. I, right. you know, I, you know, prefer utilizing the natural route over the conventional right now, right now. I mean, my daughter is five. She's never been on an antibiotic. And I think that's phenomenal. Not that, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, 100%, but she hasn't needed it because natural medicine has been fine up until this point for her. Mm-hmm. That I, I love that so much. There's another FDN out there. I think it's Brandon Mole. Um, I don't think his children have ever been on one. And I know one of his kids is like 13 or 14. And that's like incomprehensible to me because I was on 20 courses before I was 18. Um, and now I'm five years sober from antibiotics again, not trying like you, um, 
with your daughter, it's not like we're trying. It's just, I don't need it. <laughs> I, I haven't needed an antibiotic again. If I need it, I will absolutely use that. That is a blessing that we have those, if God forbid, I do get so sick that I need it, but right. hasn't happened as I've healed my body. So I think that's really cool. Um, and guys, I, I encourage you to go back to other episodes and listen to people answer that question about what made them shift the paradigm in the same exact way that you did just Carly. It's like, I felt it. You said you felt it in your bones. Some are like, I just knew I had an intuition. I had a gut feeling. I'm one of those people. It's like, you got to trust yourself sometimes with these things. Um, It doesn't mean play doctor, but if you think you're not getting answers and you know, you're getting worse. Yeah, that's not acceptable. Um, And you know, someone's got to be able to help you. So I give everyone that's taken that path um, huge props. That is a scary thing to do. Sometimes you can get some looks from friends and family. And um, it, it seems like it works out though, because, you know, I don't know where your health is at now, but just judging by your energy, when you speak, uh, you don't sound like a particularly sick person anymore. So I'm guessing yeah. some things have gone really well. Is that correct? Yeah. Yep. It's, it's, it's wonderful. I, you know, I, I get this question a lot, like, are you healed from Lyme? And it's at the last chapter in my book that I just wrote, that I just wrote too. Um, I don't know. All I know is that I feel good most days mm-hmm. and I can pretty much eat what I want to without, you know, being worried about it. I, I don't eat whatever I want. <laughs> I'm very <laughs> diligent still. I don't eat gluten and dairy. I don't eat a lot of shellfish. And, you know, um, I try and stay away from alcohol as much as possible. I love my wine though. So I still do have that every once in a while. Um, but um, I'm very conscious about what I'm eating. But, um, you know, as far as, you know, if I put myself under too much stress still, I will, um, you know, get a little fatigued here and there. But as far as the everyday life goes, I'm back to my norm. Um, I, you know, I ran a couple half marathons last year, even, and um, it didn't kill me, you, you know, before when I was working out, when I was really sick, it would kill me the rest of the day. And I, I always tell people that's kind of a good guideline. Like, if you can work out even for 20 minutes and feel good still afterwards, the rest of the day, you're probably, your, you know, your energy level is probably improved and, you know, you're on the good path to healing, but if it's still killing you, just stop doing it. <laughs> but no, right. I feel like I am, I feel, I feel like I'm in a really good place. I'm not, you know, completely scared about falling back into illness anymore. Um, but it was a long road for me. Yeah. But those, I mean, those words, that's just so inspiring. And for people out there, I mean, Lyme's a serious thing and that certainly wasn't the only thing that you had. Um, And I'm curious because I'm assuming that you probably found at least something that you weren't expecting when you went through FDN. One of the things I always love asking practitioners is as you're going through the course. So for those out there that don't know, we are, um, we're like basically required to run labs on ourselves, right? So we're not just doing this randomly in our own practice. Like what were some of the things that you found by running the FDN labs? Oh my gosh. So I still had H. pylori. Um, I, let's see what else. Um, I had some other parasites that I wasn't aware of. I, the food, the, so I'm big on running the mediator release tests, the MRTs, the Mm -hmm. um, labs. I was super shocked with how much I was actually still sensitive to um, that I was eating on a daily basis. And that wasn't huge. That was a huge eye opener for me. And still to this day, if I have chicken, it will bother me and coffee as well too. But um, so I just don't have them anymore. Still Um, it's not a big deal to me anymore, but um, it was really amazing to find out that information and to pinpoint still some of those infections that were still, you know, keeping me at that 80%. Oh, okay. and, yeah. And then some mold issues. 
<laughs> yeah, we'll just throw those in, right? There yes. wasn't enough. Um, I always like to take this opportunity um, as I'm hearing about what worked really well for uh, the practitioners as they were going through the course to yeah. like have like some golden nuggets for the listeners. And one of the things that you listed that we haven't even talked about once yet, despite like, you know, 15 or 20 interviews now um, is the mediator release test, which I love. So that is a food sensitivity test, guys. And Carly, I'd love to know because I really, uh, that's, I don't think I've ran any lab more than the MRT. Um, yeah. Mostly, you know, one, because people love it, but two, because it's a very you know nice and simple thing. Can you explain to people what the difference is between a food sensitivity test that their doctor might run, if they're lucky, if they're lucky enough to get a food sensitivity test, and the MRT? Because the technology is dramatically different, and I think it's amazing. It is very different. So that's a big question. So the way I explain it to people is the MRT is really looking at the inflammatory response of the actual food item, um, um, which kind of specifies it a little bit. And you don't have to have the food in your diet, which I love and clients really. <laughs> um, I'm probably not explaining it very well. Um, that's, I mean, that's usually how I explain it to people. You're, you're really testing the white blood cells and the inflammatory response the body's producing to those specific items. Um, and it's, I mean, it's a, it's a very lengthy test. It's 170 items of, you know, herbs and food chemicals. And um, a lot of the foods that typically are usually eaten. Um, so it's, it's a beast of a test. I love it. And I, you know, I'm not like a huge stickler on, you know, keeping the diet so refined or anything, but when you're working with clients for, and I usually do like a 90 day, you know, start with when I'm working with clients, mm -hmm. I think it's a really good tool. It's an amazing tool to customize that diet, to eliminate the symptoms. Cause for me, the goal is how can we get these symptoms away as quick as possible to get you feeling better, to living your life. And then let's work on the other things. So yeah, I, I just find the MRT superior to all the others. Um, because of that, like it's, it's very specific and it's measuring the inflammatory response. Um, yeah. Right. Right. And it's, I mean, it's looking at, uh, an inflammatory response as compared to just like one specific mediator, right? Like the mm -hmm. IgG or something, which yeah. is totally valid. IgG is great. If you find a sensitivity on IgG, awesome. Let's remove that. But the MRT, you just can't even compete because <laughs> it's looking at that and so much more. Right. Um, and I've, I've found it very accurate as well. So that's cool. We, we love those people over at Oxford Biomedical Laboratories yeah. for sure. Um, and then FDN Thrive, you know, we do the same thing as well. So I'm definitely lovers of the MRT. Yeah. Now, I wanted to dive a little more really quick, um, you know, into the Lyme side of things, because you're the first person on here that Ooh. has shared that. I'm sure someone else has had it just knowing our FDNs. <laughs> but um, the first one that I know of, this is something that is so misunderstood. Oh, you know, yeah. people think that they get this from a tick only, they take some antibiotics and it's done. Like what is, like why, I'll put it this way. Why is Lyme such a big thing in the functional space? And why don't the typical courses of antibiotics always work? Like what's oh happening? So there's a difference between acute Lyme when you initially get the infection and chronic Lyme. So when it's sitting in the body and growing out of control, there's a huge difference. So antibiotics typically will work in the acute phase. So if you know that you've got bit and you've got this fever and you've got this bullseye rash, which not everyone gets, but, um, but if you're having these symptoms and you know that there's a tick there and you take a round of antibiotics, chances are you'll be fine. But in cases like me, I, I don't remember ever seeing a tick on me. Um, 
most of the people, most of my family, you know, doesn't have it. They say it can be congenital. Um, and so, you know, it's the antibiotics for chronic Lyme versus acute Lyme just don't seem to work. I don't know what the actual statistic of that is, but it just doesn't seem to. So what I see out there a lot is, and I tried it too, I took all the antibiotics. I ended up feeling so much sicker. And so what I see out there is they get stuck on these antibiotics for years after, you know, sometimes multiple years and their immune system takes a huge toll. And, you know, we'll probably talk about this in a minute, but like these other opportunistic pathogens start coming because your gut flora is so just like worn down and it just becomes this like awful cycle that you just can't get off when you have chronic Lyme. Um, I am on the boat with the mindset that the herbal route is far more um, sufficient and um, it, you really just can't tackle Lyme with kill, kill, kill. I, I try and educate people on that too. You just can't think of it that way. It has to be uh, a full, you know, body lifestyle. Let's look at the whole picture to tackle this. Your immune system needs to be like really strong. Your body needs to be fully, you know, capable of handling it. Where the minerals have to be, really, your minerals have to be really strong and good. Your vitamins do. Your your you need to be actively detoxifying, you know, getting that liver going, the lymphatic system free flowing and able to handle, you know, the medicines coming in. Um, Dr. Klinghart, who is one of the most amazing Lyme doctors, in my opinion, out there, states this too. If the body's prepared well enough and it's strong enough, it will with, withhold that Lyme eradication quickly. You don't, it doesn't need to be a couple of years. I've had a doctor even tell me if the if you rid all these other infections like the parasites, the the fungus, um, the other infections like H. pylori or maybe SIBO that's in the mix, um, if you handle all that, you're detoxifying really aggressively. Um, you know, your body can handle also kicking out the lime on its own. I do hear those stories too. Look, you know, once you know, I've heard people once I really got my lifestyle you know dialed in and my diet dialed in. Um, the Lyme just wasn't an issue anymore. Um, so, I mean, everyone is so different with it, but I find the best outcomes is, are when you look at the total package, not just the Lyme. That's great insight. And that's the suspicion that I've had because I listen, I don't take on anyone with Lyme. I just, I understand how complicated it is. And I refer out to other FDNs and I'm yeah. glad that I have you kind of in that mix now because I just, I'm like, you know what? That's not my thing. And there's definitely people that can serve you a lot better, but I've always wondered, I'm like, um, we have, oh man, I forget what it is offhand, the years. I think it's the, there's the person called the ice man. I don't know if you ever heard of that. I don't mean Wim Hof. I mean, the person that was like actually preserved in ice and we had like a good Whoa. human specimen. And I think it's approximately four to 5,000 years old. And this guy ironically was killed by an arrow to the back, but he had wheat belly, or what we would call wheat belly. And oh he had God. Lyme disease. Was he in the FDN um, program? Did you learn about him there? I, I think so. Yes. I yep. did too. I remember I'm like, he had Lyme. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. So we know that this has existed for, you know, at least several thousand years. Yeah. And my question is like, there are real diseases out there that yes, kill even the healthiest of humans. I just, I don't think Lyme is one of them. I think that's something that we probably would have adapted to be able to handle if we're living truly healthy lifestyles. So right. is that kind of the 
Is that the real long-term answer here? Because like, there's no real way that Western medicine is not failing people. I don't think with chronic Lyme, like if you didn't know you had a, you had a tick bite or another insect bite, because it can come from other things other than ticks, my friends. Right. Um, a lot of people don't know that. Then that's not their fault. It's just, you know, how we deal with it might be an interesting topic, but we'll, we'll spare people of that. Um, I think we already kind of got into that actually, but you know, that's no one's fault. So is the real answer here? Like we just need to be as healthy as possible to begin with. And then maybe we wouldn't even know that we had chronic Lyme or something, or am I incorrect with that? No, I 100% agree. I think we've never been more sick. Our kids have historically never been more sick. We're exposed to so many more toxins. Our, our lifestyles are super stressed. We're not sleeping and it's just becoming a more common issue issue. And I don't even know if it's always to blame. Like I don't really even love focusing on it with clients anymore because I find that once you focus on everything else, you know, it just kind of takes care of itself, I find. And that was my case. That's what I found. You know, once I kind of handled everything else, um, it just was kind of a null issue. And I feel, and I have heard um, the bulk of the population could test positive for it and not be symptomatic. So I find that it could be sitting dormant in a lot of people too. And it it may become an issue when their immune system, like when they're exposed to like a really stressful event or they have a different sickness and, you know, the immune system can't hold it at bay anymore. So I don't know. I kind of look at it almost like, I know cancer is very different, but, you know, a lot of us do have cancer cells in our body too. And our immune system kind of keeps that at bay as well. So I think we're exposed and we're holding a lot of these, you know, pathogens. And I think some, to some degree, it's healthy and it's good to keep our system. So, you know, on its toes. So yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely, I agree. It's, you know, not, um, you know, yeah, it's becoming more, you know, one of those things where it's getting more, more talked about and, um, but I think people are looking at it different or not, you know, you know, it's a scary thing. Like, oh my gosh, I have Lyme, a Lyme infection and <laughs> right. kill it and I'm going to be sick forever. And that's not the truth and doesn't have to be that way. Absolutely. So, all right, let's transition a little bit because I always um, reiterate this point as well. It's really cool to hear these practitioners like Carly come on and she's obviously super intelligent and very knowledgeable about this and rattle off a bunch of stuff. And then as the consumer, you're kind of like, all right, well, yeah, Carly can do it because she knows all that. But, you know, how am I supposed to be able to do it? And well, that's where these wonderful client successes come in. And they're clients that aren't necessarily as obsessed with health um, as, you know, the people at FDN are. So, Carly, I would love if if you could share a story, maybe one or two, it's up to you. Just like clients that had like huge successes with uh, your practice that just like immediately come to mind, you know, they were really suffering. You do your work that you do. And I mean, you changed their life or something like that. Let's talk about one of those stories. Okay. So I have two recent ones that really pop sure. out. One of them's a child and I don't work with children anymore, but this was a friend, a family friend or not a family friend, but a friend um, and her, it was her daughter and she was just really desperate. Um, the other one is an older woman. Um, and so I'll, I'll start with the child first. So she was, um, nine, she is nine and she had these horrific stomach pains for about a year. And her mom kept taking her to the, her pediatrician. Um, and the doctor just kept throwing, you know, antacids at her and she, you know, did mention it could be anxiety. Um, she's constipated and, you know, 
at this point, the daughter, her daughter started having all these other kind of issues, starting like headaches and um, other stomach issues and um, what else was going on with her. So she was very fatigued, wasn't sleeping well at night. And so I'm like, I can give you a bunch of labs for your doctor to run since it'll be covered under insurance. And she wasn't my client or anything. I was just being a good friend with her for her. And so she did that. The doctor ran some of the labs, wouldn't run the other ones, you know, just typical blood draws. And I, you know, suggested a stool analysis for H. pylori and some other parasites and um, nothing came up. So I ran a GI map on her, which is a very comprehensive stool analysis that's looking at, you know, um, parasites, fungus, um, bacterial infections, um, viral infections, some autoimmune activity within that. And then so turns out she had a very extreme case of H. pylori, which can be super hard to diagnose for doctors because their stool analysis aren't as sensitive as some that we run, like the GI map, I, I find is really good with H. pylori. Um, and so she took the lab back to her doctor and the doctor was like, well, we should, she should go to the GI doctor and have an upper, you know, GI done. And she, the mom was like, no, I don't want to do that. That's very invasive. And, you know, as a child, you know, for a child, you, you really want to try everything first before, you know, you put the child under. As a mom, I would do the same thing. And so the doctor wouldn't give her medicine, wouldn't give her anything. And so that was, that is when I took her on as a client and it only took a matter of two weeks to get her symptoms completely gone. After a year of having horrific stomach pains and working with her, you know, pediatrician and conventional doctors and um, going to a few other specialists for GI stuff, none, nothing ever got turned up and no answers. Turned out it, it was the, the, the H. pylori issue. So we ended up, H. pylori, if anyone's not familiar with it, it's a very contagious bacterial infection that kind of festers and it can cause a tremendous amount of pain. And it's one of those gateway infections that lead to other chronic issues like SIBO or thyroid issues. Well, I mean, it could be like what comes first, the chicken or the egg with the thyroid, but for a child, I feel like um, in catching it, you know, so soon, hopefully, um, you know, with a very successful scenario, I ended up treating the whole family since it is um, so contagious. I didn't want her to bounce back the infection from anyone else. And so she's all good, happy, um, thriving again, which is the goal, right? To get these people thriving and feeling good and back to their normal you know, energy levels and eliminate the pain. Um, so that was client number two. That was my most recent or number one. Um, and I just love that story because I can't stand, you know, children being sick and in pain and not getting any answers. The second um, um, client I, I want to talk about is this woman who, oh man, she's been sick for years and her doctors, you know, severe anxiety, severe depression, um, wasn't sleeping at all. I mean, they had her on so many meds to sleep and they had her on over six or seven anxiety and depressive pills. I mean, it was, it was horrific and she was completely housebound. I mean, she could not leave her house and 
her husband called me because she couldn't, she couldn't even call me. I mean, she's so bed, you know, bound and housebound that she just couldn't do anything. So he calls me, he's desperate. He's basically in tears. And I was like, well, you know what, since you're working with your doctor and he said his doctor, his conventional doctor was very willing to do any other tests that he may want to run. I guess the doctor was his friend. And so I, you know, made a huge list of alternative, you know, blood lamps to draw that he may not have already drawn just so I can get a picture. Like, you know, when you hear severe anxiety and depression, I do sometimes get a red flag for Lyme. Um, it's one of those sneaky things that if you can't control it with medicine and lifestyle, it's one of those things that like, oh, something else probably going on that's causing, you know, the neurological system to go crazy. And so I had a bunch of, you know, typical initial Lyme labs on there and some other labs. And it turns out she's very Lyme positive just on her Western blot and some of the other labs that he ran, but he didn't qualify her as Lyme. He just said, because of the way the IgG and the IgM was, it's not active anymore. It's not an active infection. And so her husband um, was like, I want to investigate this more because you're not fixing my wife and you just keep throwing pills at her. So um, I have her labs at this point. I'm like, go see this Lyme doctor. And, you know, because if someone's really sick and on that many meds, I don't want to intervene. It's not my place to tell her to stop taking meds. She probably needs to be with someone extremely qualified to be working with her. And so that is when I integrate in with my clients. And um, because I still don't always necessarily agree with a lot of even Lyme doctors, I think there is a lot of quacks out there, unfortunately. And, you know, they, they don't, I, I don't agree with all of them. So I still keep connected with them and especially post the relationship with their Lyme doctors um, for maintenance therapy and lifestyle and, you know, supplements and diet. But she ends up going to this Lyme doctor that I referred her to and he agreed. She was very Lyme positive. She's in treatment now. She's feeling so much better. She's off half of her pills already. And it's only been a month and a half that she's been working with this Lyme doctor. And, you know, in situations like that, if I'm just the voice of reason and guidance, that's enough for me. I just love seeing people getting answers and feeling better and knowing that they have hope now to go on with their journey and they will feel better. And providing hope sometimes is more than enough. Yeah, it is. Those are both um, two incredible stories and two of the uh, more unique ones that we've had recently. So thank you for sharing that. Um, Carly, I have two more things for you. Number one is where can people find you and especially uh, your book? I'd like you to shout that out as uh, as well, please. Great. So um, my website is carlyherderhealth.com. So carlyherderhealth.com. And I just have a book that was released, um, which I'm so excited for. I'm excited it's done. It was quite the project. It's my first book I've ever written. And it's called When Conventional Healthcare Fails You. And it's basically, it's not an autobiography. It's, um, although I have my, you know, my experience in there and my story, it's very much a tool for people. Um, my goal in all of this um, doing FDN and health coaching is to empower people. I feel like a lot of people are in the dark with what's going on with their bodies, especially in in today's world. They don't realize how toxic they are and people get used to feeling sick and they're 
they accept that hopeless diagnosis. I see that so often and it makes me so sad. So the book is, you know, to empower people, to provide a tool and a resource along with my experience, strength, and hope. Um, it's basically a guide that I put together based on my practice, uh, my, my clinical experience with my clients, um, and now my expertise in the, in the industry. Um, so it's basically a small version of what I do with my clients. And I don't sugarcoat anything. I'm very direct. And um, I provide a lot of tools in the book. Um, that I utilize every day on not just myself, but with my clients that have been success stories. Um, so yeah, it's, um, I'm, I'm super excited for it. And it's available now on Amazon. So when conventional healthcare fails you, um, so yeah. Of course, my friends, we will have this all in the show notes. And I am a huge reader, Carly, so you can consider your book read. I'm very excited. Really? Um, I always love, especially how this sounds, this, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like this is something I could probably give the lay person who's not necessarily into this stuff yet um, and kind of help them with that paradigm shift we were talking about before, correct? Yes, for sure. Awesome. That is, yes, those are some of my favorite because I get very technical and I'm like, well, who is this really good for other than a very small percentage of the population, right? So um, I love that. All right. My final question. This is my signature one on the podcast and definitely, definitely, definitely my favorite question. Um, All right. So of course we know as FDNs that, you know, everyone is bio-individual and that we can't just make blanket statements. This is a free pass to do that. You're going to humor me for just this question. And I want to know if Carly had a magic wand and you could get everyone to change one habit about their health, whether that was engaging in one health habit or getting everyone in the world to stop engaging in one habit, what would that thing be that you would get them to do or not do? Stop eating processed food and get back in your kitchen to make everything from scratch. Well, that was the one potentially good thing about this pandemic over the last year (laughs) is it did force more people to eat at home. I'm not really sure if that forced more people to start cooking, um, but it did force them to at least eat at home. So that was one step, right? I think the next step is just making sure we're not eating that processed food. So we had such a fun time with Carly Herder today. Please check the show notes to learn more about her. And thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of the FDN Thrive Podcast. As always, I am your host, Evan Transu, a.k.a health coach ev please consider leaving this podcast a five-star review i always ask people to think what if you were out there right now dealing with these health issues that you might be dealing with and you didn't have information like this at least this stuff gives you hope but there are still a fraction of people a majority fraction really that don't know anything about this so little stuff like sharing the podcast or helping us get a rating can increase the amount of people that hear this and thus the amount of people that know this. I believe every single person on this earth has a right to know this information. I'm not saying they have to take this route with their healthcare. I'm saying they have a right to it and they should be able to decide. So if you believe that, please consider leaving us a rating and I will look forward to talking to you guys next time. See you then. Thanks for tuning in to the FDN Thrive Podcast. If you feel like you've been stuck in the cycle of trial and error when it comes to your health issues, our team can help. Whether you've tried every different diet out there without lasting success, spent way too much money on supplements at your local health food store, or been told that your lab tests are normal despite feeling anything but normal, we have your back. 
Go to fdnthrive.com and click the Get Started Here button if you're ready to stop playing guessing games with your health. That's fdnthrive.com.